Section 43 of Fruits of the Spirit. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chad Horner from Ballyclare in County Antrim, Northern Ireland. Fruits of the Spirit by Hamilton Wright Maybe. Chapter 43. Sight he had, but not vision. The things about him stood out with the utmost distinctness. Every line was sharply defined, every feature and shape distinctly limned. So accustomed was he to entire accuracy of perception, to perfect exactness of knowledge, that he was impatient of any blur in another's sight, any uncertainty in another's report or account of things. Confidence in his own judgment had become second nature with him. He acted as one who could make no mistakes, and this was the impression others received from him. All men spoke of his clearness of judgment, of the vigour and decision of his nature, of the weight and authority of his character. He was, in a word, the master of his world. But it was significant that, while men went to him for advice in all practical matters, no man ever sought his counsel in any moral confusion or uncertainty. No man struggling to his feet from the mire in which he had slept ever turned to him for help. No man compassed about with sorrow and in the presence of the supreme experiences of life ever so much as thought of him. Exact, trustworthy, keen, truthful, the man of clear sight touched his fellows only in the world of things. When the fortunes of the soul were in the balance, he neither saw nor felt nor understood. To him all these intangible interests were as if they were not. He managed his acres with perfect judgment, but he could not see the landscape which enveloped them. He saw the little section of world in which he worked, but the universe was invisible to him. In his sight, men were born, grew into childhood and youth, passed on into manhood, did their work, died and vanished from sight, and that was the end. He saw the outlines of their character with marvellous clearness. He knew where they were efficient and where they were weak. He judged with exactness of their value for practical service, but of their inner experience, of their spiritual struggles, of the forces and conflicts which give character its quality and life its meaning. He knew nothing. He was a master of the knowledge of things, but no ray of that wisdom which gives a man understanding of life ever penetrated the central darkness of his mind. He had sight, but he was without vision. Now all the wealth of this man's nature was lavished on one whom he loved, not blindly but instinctively, with the passion of the heart which gropes after those things that it needs without knowing that it needs them. In this woman's eyes the man who loved her saw, without seeing, the reflection of that heaven which was beyond his sight, and in her nature he felt, without understanding, the play and stir of those spiritual impulses and forces which slowly fashion in a mortal frame an immortal spirit, and in her life he was aware of a wealth of tenderness, of devotion, of self-surrender, which he could neither measure nor compute. And she became as his own soul, for she was vision to him, and in her the mystery and blessedness of life was present, though never revealed. This woman died, and the man's heart broke within him, and the world of sight lay in ruins about him, for he saw nothing save the beautiful garment which the spirit had laid aside, and that too was put out of his sight. He was in a prison of hopeless misery, and many tried to speak to him, but he could not understand them for the thickness of the walls which surrounded him, and many strove to release him, but he could not be freed, for he had locked the great doors from within. 
in the darkness the man no longer saw the old familiar things and became as one blind groping for the accustomed places of rest and finding them not for the sweet ways and usages of love and missing them his outstretched hands touched nothing and his passionate longings returned upon themselves and turned to deepest pain and in his solitude and desolation nothing abode with him save memory for a time he was as one dead but one dear memory kept companionship with him and in the silence and darkness one image was always in his thought as the days went by that image seemed to fill his soul and grew more real and touched the hidden springs of life within him and his heart grew tender under the spell of the great love with which he lived alone in a night in which the earth seemed to have vanished as his love deepened a glimmer of hope began to suffuse the night like a faint radiance from a light beyond the horizon and delicate tendrils began to climb out of his heart toward that light and there came a breath of something surpassingly sweet like a fragrance from invisible gardens and the spirit of the man softened and stirred and he lifted his face and the dim outlines of a new world slowly disclosed themselves as he looked with wonder and awe and the yearnings of a child stretching out its hands toward the light this world became more distinct and spread around him a beauty such as he had never so much as dreamed of before there were familiar objects in that world but they were no longer hard and rigid the outlines were lost in vaster designs and were tender with new and deeper meaning the familiar acres were folded in a vaster landscape whose far horizons seemed to recede into luminous distances suffused with a light that streamed from the heart of things and enveloped them in a splendour of beauty which broke out of them like a mighty flood of life the man went abroad once more with the heart of a child and looked up to the heavens that had grown infinitely tender and benignant and across the landscape that glowed and gloomed about his feet for love had unsealed his eyes and the power of sight had passed on into vision and as he walked he was not alone for one walked beside him whose presence was peace and whose companionship brought faith and trust and rest the perishing world which he had once seen had widened to become the imperishable world which love builded in the far beginning and which love enriches and enlarges and makes more beautiful with the coming of every soul that enters into it through the gates of birth and of death for both are the gates of life and as he looked behold the places where the dead lay were blossoming fields for in all the reach and being of the universe there was no death through all things streamed the mighty tides of life and in the range of his vision the barren places broke into bloom and far as his eager spirit travelled there were the stirring and strivings of tender and delicate and mysterious things growing in strength and beauty and there was no more night for in the darkness as in the light infinite love watched and waited and cherished all things in its immortal hands and nothing was forgotten or lost and he saw the universe traversed by a countless host to whom sight had become vision full of the repose of a great freedom and the deep joy of perfect strength fitted to imperishable ends and in that multitude he became aware of those who had laid aside all care and sorrow and entered into the fullness of life and one moved near him no longer a memory but a visible presence who had vanished in the darkness of his great sorrow who had gone out of his sight to live henceforth stainless radiant and immortal in his vision no longer hidden behind the veil which she had worn in the days before the revelation but shining without blur or dimness or shadow upon the beauty of her unclouded spirit 
and after all the years of his love he knew that for the first time he saw her as she was and the air was soft about him and the fragrance of the early flowers was borne to him and like a far music he heard the bells of easter ringing above the churchyard end of chapter forty three recording by chad horner from ballyclare in county antrim northern ireland